Good Sunday morning to you, Toronto. Hope you're having a great Sunday morning. I've now jo- joined live in studio with Brian Convery. He is a talent executive, TEDx speaker, and host of the podcast Coffee with Convery. We're going to do a, a kind of a monthly check-in with you, Brian, talking about the future of work and things like that. Um, you know, one of the topics that is on the docket today is uh, one that I think gets circled around probably every year or so, uh, and that is the four-day work week. You know, it, it kind of splashes into the headlines and then dies down and splashes into the headlines. We all get excited. Are we all turning it, you know, are we all going to move to a four-day work week? And then we get, you know, slapped back into reality and realize it's not going to happen. Let's talk about this a little bit more. Uh, what does, what do studies say about four-day work weeks? Do they work? Sure. Good morning. And thank you so much for having me back. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, like you said, over the years. It pops in the news, pops out of the yeah. news. Um, it's been a hot topic ever since we've gone through or pan- been through the pandemic, especially with the idea of hybrid, virtual, remote working. Right. How about four-day work week? Yeah. And so what we've seen is it come up in the boardrooms and the conversations with candidates and they're applying, looking for roles. But what's really interesting is this isn't new news, like you said. Back mm-hmm. in 2017, a company called Four Day Week, a New Zealand-based nonprofit, started to introduce this conversation globally. And back in December 2022, they came out with this study that you're referring to. Yeah. And the research really is interesting. They, they had 33 participating companies across six countries, including Canada. Okay. And, you know, the study, you can download it off their site. I, we can't get into every point there. But there's three main takeaways. They found a four-day work week was a resounding success in the pilot program, which was six months. The revenue increased over 8% over that six-month trial period for 33 companies and then the final one, the one that I love the most, is on the employee side, respondents are sp- reported less burnout, less fatigue, and an increase in their physical health. So what does that look like? Does that look like longer days, uh, stretched out? Like what, what, How did those different companies apply this four-day work week? Absolutely. So they, they used a methodology of how it worked. It was called the 180-100, okay. which means pay for 80% of the time worked with 100% productivity targets achieved. What does that mean? So, work, so they worked for 80% of the time? Yep. They, okay. they received 100% of their pay. Okay. They worked for 80% of the time. That would be the four days. Yep. And they need to achieve that 100% of productivity that they had in a five-day week. And I guess people were excited. They thought, you know, I'm just thinking mentally, if you know that you are working for it, you're going to put all of your effort into it because you know you have that extra day off to do whatever you need to do. Absolutely. I think... Most people today, and especially even the remote workers, there's been studies saying that they've increased their productivity because they're at home, right? More flexibility. So there's a lot of demystification out there because there's a lot of people that still do think, oh, if they're at home, they're not being productive. But studies show differently. So Okay, so the study shows, you know, we might be in favor of a four-day work week. So why are we not jumping on that bandwagon, you think, Brian? What I think, my personal opinion is I think we have to look at this as in uh, different industries, right? So there's some industries where could a four-day work, work week work? Right. Maybe not, yeah. right? You need to be if in the- If you're op- in the trades correct. or in factory work or so forth, yeah. And then what do you do for those that will feel left out of this if this is where we go and everyone else has three-day weeks? Will that mean everyone will f- leave those industries to go to a four-day work week industry? I don't know. But aren't but- we seeing a bit of that with hybrid right now? I mean, there's some industries that can go hybrid. There are some that you actually need to be there. I mean, a bus driver needs to show up every day he can't 
you know, work from home. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, you're 100% correct. And I think that's what's disrupting the whole labor market and disrupting companies is that they really have to think differently about how they're going to engage their employees yeah. to want to work there yeah. and to stay from a retention perspective. Also, before we move on to the next topic, fear, talk to me about maybe fear of companies in going to a four day work week. I, I could, I'm just thinking about, you know, people I know that would be a little worried about, you know, shrinking down to four days. Yeah. I, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I think the other, I think the part of that too, that is fearful or scary once they do it, can they ever go back to right. five? And you can't, no, that's, that's, that's the reality, right? So that's what I think is leading the fear too, because, okay, let's jump on it. But what if it was the wrong decision? Can we ever go back? Yeah. There's so many questions that come out of that, even just, you know, from uh, a consumer perspective, if now you're only open four days a week, as opposed to the five, do your competitors that are open for the five get that, you know, that one client that you really want it? There's so many different oh, absolutely. aspects to uh, to that conversation. All right, let's talk also about um, just the well-being of employees and how do you do that, prioritizing the well-being of employees. Uh do you think companies really focus on that, on, on the well-being of employees, or at the end of the day, it's just getting X out and not really focused as much on employee well-being as they should? Bottom line, they have to. Yeah. Um, are they? That's the question, right? Yeah. We have five, close to five different generations, multi-generations working in the workforce. Um, our, you know, My generation and, and before, we didn't talk about wellness. Yeah. And we kept our private lives at home and left our work lives at work. Now we have five different generations and the younger generations coming up are talking about you know mental wellness and things that they want to have and like life balance and things. And so it's something that you can't avoid talking about. And it's something that companies do need to address because sitting on the recruitment side of the table for many companies, I have heard the candidates like literally say, show me, you know, your mental wellness programs. What are you doing to balance? You know, I don't want to see the corporate speak. I want to mm -hmm. see it in action. Mm -hmm. Who can I talk to? That kind of thing. And so it's becoming a differentiator, even in the recruitment strategies of companies to say, we can't just say it. We have to prove it. We have to show it. We have to action it. And action it. What I find interesting, Brian, is that sometimes companies make the decision on what well-being looks like for their employees. How important is it to actually get the input of employees as to what does well-being look like for you? Uh, you 100%. You have to ask your employees what it means because sitting back in a boardroom or in a, in a conference room or with a workshop or a workshop right. and, and not necessarily getting the true voice of the employee or in the people in the organization, it's it's not going to help you. You need to find out what's going to work and you need to have options and variable different options as well, right? Different choices. And so what are those choices and and do you know of companies that are doing this really well right now? Yeah, I've seen companies um, add a person, maybe not a department, mm. to manage this within the HR organization structural uh, pieces to take a look at how are they doing from a mental wellness check to start, right? Let's get that pulse. Let's figure out what we're doing. Then... How do we design programs to actually do that? Have I seen anyone doing it really well? Um, not my own experience, particularly. I've seen people talk about it. I've seen people roll out programs. I think we're still in our maturity stage of 
experimenting in this space mm-hmm. because the last couple of years during COVID, it really became more and more obvious. And then the return to office just shot the mental wellness thing through the roof, yeah. right? And so when we were asking people to come back in, all of a sudden we heard, I don't want to, or I can't, or, you know, I used to come in the office, but I don't want to be there. I would have to work from home or because I want to take care of my own challenges and things that I'm dealing with that you may not know. about. And do you have the right to say that? Like, I'm just thinking if you are looking for a job and there are many Canadians out there looking for a job, do they ask, what is your, uh, you know, employee well-being pro- program that you have? Do you have the right to ask that? Do you ha- have the right to demand those things and say, I, I don't want to work from uh, the office five days a week, maybe potentially four days a week one day. Yeah, um, I think the, I'll use my old consultant word. It depends right? Yeah, <laughs> because I think it depends on the situation. It depends on the organization, the size, the structures of a large enterprise is a small and mean business where you can sit down and, ha- you know, talk over coffee about that. Um, I think it really depends on the environment of which you're working in. But do you have the right to ask? Absolutely. But I think you have to do it in a way that you're going to communicate. I mean, communication style on this one's really important. Mm, Okay. Right. Yeah. So many questions. We've run out of time. Uh, Brian, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you. All right. We're going to connect with Brian uh, once a month and uh, check in with him and all things that has to do with future of work uh, and, you know, things of this sort. Uh, It's going to be a great segment. So tune in every uh, every month on our Sunday edition of Toronto this weekend. Brian Convery, talent executive, TEDx speaker and host of the podcast Coffee with Convery.